Yeah, God's precious word, Hosea. Hosea, please. Chapter 3. And God willing, we'll be expounding verse 5 this morning. Last week, Hosea told his wife to wait for him for many days. Verse 4. For the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king, and without a prince, and without a sacrifice, and without an image, and without an ephod, and without teraphim. They would undergo a time of silence and separation from God. We learned that last week. And throughout history, God has communicated with His people, especially with the nation of Israel. We've been studying that in... Uh, uh, the Genesis to Jesus course next door. We've seen how God's communicated with his people over and over throughout history. But you don't see God ruling the nation of Israel through prophets anymore, do you? You don't see him ruling through priests or kings or anything like he used to. You, you don't see men like Moses, Joshua, Solomon, or Hosea, as we're studying today. You don't see men like that standing up in Israel today and speaking fresh information from God, do you? As he spoke to them in days gone by. At this time, they are doing what Hosea told his wife to do. They're abiding. Just abiding this time of separation for many days, as God said they would. But the many days have been counting down for many years now. And the time for waiting is coming to an end. God said, verse 5, Afterward, that means after the many days of waiting for Israel are over, they shall what? Shall, re shall the children of Israel return? So after the many days are over, shall the children of Israel return? God didn't say the children of Israel may return. He said they shall return. It's not a matter of if Israel will turn back to God and accept Christ as their Savior. It's a matter of when they will turn back to God and accept Christ as their Savior. And I want you to notice also that God didn't say He would return. Who did He say would return? He said they would return. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> we're not talking about the Lord Jesus not returning to the earth. This is something different. He said they would return to Him. Why? Because God didn't leave Israel. Israel left God. They abandoned Him to pursue their love for the fallen world around him, around them. When Hosea prophesied, you know what was going on at that time? The temple was still standing. How about that? Yet the people had forsaken God. You making a, a connection here? This brings this incredible principle to light, namely, God's presence isn't tied to a piece of real estate. <clears throat> you can't come into the church house and encounter God, per se. Yes, through His Word, yes, through His uh, communication of His Word and through worship and things like that. We enjoy God's presence here. But God's presence isn't tied to a piece of real estate. God is omnipresent, but at the same time, as far as his fellowship with man goes, 
he can distance himself because of sin. And so, even though the temple was standing at that time, Israel had still left God. You see, you can leave God and still be in the church house. That's what we need to learn here today. That's what Hosea was showing them today. The Jews were still frequenting the temple, but they were a long way off from God. Hosea is telling these Jews, Jews who were in some fashion still serving in the temple, that one day they would return to God. Could you imagine someone like Hosea coming in here this morning or going into a, uh, you know, some church in the United States this morning and getting up and saying, one day, one day, everybody, you will return to God. <laughs> what if I were to tell you all that this morning? How would that make you feel? One day you will return to God even though you've departed from Him. You'd think, how could I depart from him? I'm sitting right here in church. That's basically what Hosea was telling these people. You've departed from God. I believe that many of them were offended by Hosea's preaching. Probably thinking that as long as they had the temple of God, they must have had the God of the temple. But it doesn't work that way. It didn't work that way for Israel, and it doesn't work that way for us. Just because you attend the church of God doesn't mean you have the God of the church. How many of y'all went to church for years before you knew Christ as your Savior? Y'all look around. That's a lot of hands, folks. God wasn't tied to the temple and God is not tied to this building this morning. It doesn't matter if you're faithful to the building. It matters if you're faithful to Him. Israel, of course, if you're faithful to Him, you will come to church. We know that. But coming to church is a product. It's a, it's a, it's a product of your relationship with God. It doesn't create your relationship. It's where you can find the truth to have a relationship with God. But coming to church in and of itself is not the knowledge of God. Israel was unfaithful to God. They had left Him in their hearts to serve the false gods of the nations around them. And this has continued for many days now for them. But God said one day they would return to him. He said they would return, look back in your text, and seek the Lord their God. Their hearts will return to God one day. They will actively pursue him that they might know him and finally be right with him. The people will finally have had enough of this world. Enough of the burdens and the wars and the, 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 the wailing wall and, and, and no temple and no worship and nothing that, that God had promised them. to All the blessings He had promised to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And they're going to say, we've been missing this for so long. They're finally going to acknowledge their need to return to the God of their fathers. They're finally going to acknowledge that the book that they have in their hands is not just some kind of ancient history, some, time of, uh, some type of folklore from the past of their ancestors. And we all know better now, you know, a lot of the young ones think. They're finally going to realize we need to get back to that sacred book. What we're doing is not working. And it's not. And it won't. 
They will realize that God and God alone is what made their nation great and and, and set them apart from all other nations in the world. And they will turn to Him again and seek the Creator of heaven and earth. What a wonderful time that would be. But not only will they seek God, but God said they would seek something else. Look back in your text. And David their king. Man, I tell you, I get chill bumps thinking about it. And they're going to seek David, their king. Now, can you imagine? To me, this is, is the most wonderful prophecy of all here in the book of Hosea. In the 8th century B.C., Israel's God told them that after many days they would return to him and seek their God and seek David, their king. Now, if you're a student of history... <clears throat> Then you know that King David ruled during the last part of the 11th century and the first part of the 10th century. Now here we are in the 8th century B.C. And God says one day they're going to return to me. They're going to seek me. And they're going to seek David their king. (laughs) How, How does that happen? David their king has been dead for quite some time now. He's even been dead longer today. Could you imagine a prophet coming in here and saying, One day you will return to God and you will seek God and you will seek George Washington, your president. What? What is that talking about? Man, you'd run that guy out of here, wouldn't you? Why would Hosea... Say this, why would God tell Hosea that Israel would seek David their king? What good would a dead king be to them? A dead king would do them no good at all. But God's not talking about a dead king here. He's talking about a living king. He's talking about the Savior he promised in the Garden of Eden, whom he later promised would be a descendant of King David. So that's what God's talking about here. Turn, if you would, keep your place here in Hosea chapter uh, 3, please. And turn, if you would, to Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11. And we're going to, I want you to read with me this amazing prophecy from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 11 in verse 1. You can't study the Bible and not come away with a conclusion. It's true. Man could not have done this. (laughs) Men who didn't even know each other over these centuries and all this come together. Watch the brilliance of this prophecy. Verse 1. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. 
And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall feed, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. Do you remember a few weeks ago when we had the message entitled, Beast, Birds, and Bugs? You remember that? And I told you then that God was going to remove earth's curse, restore the creation through the gospel. That's exactly what God is saying here in this prophecy. He's saying that he will do it through a king who will come as the offspring of David. Look again with me in verse 1. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. Get your pens ready. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. Underscore the word rod. Rod. Man, I love the scriptures. Underscore the word stem. Stem. Underscore the word, can anyone guess? Branch. Branch. One more. What is it going to be? Roots. You got it. Underscore the word roots. In the Hebrew... A rod is a twig, right? Twig outside of the word rod. Isaiah said a twig would come forth out of the stem of Jesse. Who's Jesse? Jesse was King David's father. In the Hebrew, a stem is a stump from a tree, this Hebrew word here. A stump from a tree. Have y'all ever, y'all ever seen, I'm sure you have. How many of y'all ever cut a tree down or maybe you've seen a tree that's cut down to the trunk? But the root's still alive. And what comes out of that trunk? You got it. Who said that? Well, good for you. Good for you. They start popping up out of there. That's the imagery that we're seeing here. A stem is a stump from a tree. Then, then Isaiah said a branch. So you might want to put stump outside of the stem there. But, but then uh, Isaiah said a branch would grow out of his roots. Now a branch is a limb. Right down a limb. The word root literally means that part below the ground. We all know that, don't we? So you got that stump, then you got that root that feeds that stump, that root is below the ground. So a little twig, here we got our little imagination here, a little twig would grow out of the stump of King David's lineage. And then that little twig 
would become a great branch that would grow from the root of David's father, Jesse. Now, if you'll remember history, if you'll remember history, and Brother Shepherd's been teaching on this, but eventually what happened was, after King Solomon, the nation of Israel split into two under Rehoboam. And it just left a little two-tribe nation over here for, for Jerusalem. And eventually what happened to King David's rule? It got cut down. Just like a tree falling down. But God left a stump. He left a stump. Because God promised that one day the promised Savior would not only redeem the world... But he would rule the world. In that he would descend from the lineage of King David. So right now, the stump is cut down. We got prime ministers in Israel. But we don't have kings in Israel. No Davidic king right now. The stump is cut down. But one day, you're going to see this twig grow up out of it. And then it's going to become great and a branch will grow out of it. From the stump, fed by the root of that stump. The stump being David's father and the root being that which gives life to the stump from which the twig comes. And goes into a branch. You get that in your head? Watch this now. David came from Jesse. Jesse came from the root. And Jesus, the promised Savior, would descend from David. Like a tree. David, the son of Jesse, again, is a kingly stump cut down. The stump is identified, though, for us. And the branch is identified. We know who the stump is. We know who the branch is. But who's the rod that grows out of the branch? Revelation chapter 22, please. If you'll turn to Revelation chapter 22. Revelation 22. Who's the root? While you're turning to Revelation, again, Jesse's the kingly stump who had David cut down by Israel's rebellion. One day there's going to be a little twig grow out of that stump which will turn into a branch which will grow from the root that produced the stump. Who's the root? Revelation twenty two sixteen. I, Jesus. Now this is the last book of the Bible. Showing how all of this that's started since the book of Genesis ended. Or will end. 
Revelation 22, 16, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root. Take your pens. Circle the word and. Woo, man, this is good enough to get you a shout right here. Circle the word and. I am the root and the offspring of David. Now, the root gives life to the stump that puts forth the twig that becomes a branch. The branch comes out of the twig. It grows into this branch. This big limb that comes from that stump. And Jesus says, I am the root and the offspring. You listen to that? I'm the, bra- I'm the root under the ground that gives life to the stump. I'm also the branch that comes out of it. I'm both. Because Jesus created Jesse, who had King David. He's the root. He was before the stump ever came and not only that not only is he before the stump but he comes after the stump he's the root and the offspring as God he gave Jesse and King David life as the promised savior he came out of David growing from his lineage When you go and you look in the New Testament, the the, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're all a little different, yet they're all kind of the same. John's definitely different than any of them. but, But they're all basically different but the same. But in one of the Gospels, the Gospel of Matthew, it traces Jesus' genealogy back to King. And shows this is the branch that grows from the stump. And Jesus in Revelation tells John, John, I'm not just the branch, I'm the root too. Did you notice that Isaiah said that when the branch comes, he will smite the unbelieving, wicked world with the breath of his mouth, with the words of his mouth? As the branch. He will use His words to take life. As the root in the book of Genesis, He gave His words to give life. And God said, let us make man in our image. And God said, let there be light. And God said, let the fish multiply in the sea. And that same God who was the root from which all of this came, He descends from King David And we have the historical document tracing him back to King David. Fulfilling the promise that God gave back in Genesis. And then to Abraham and then to Isaac and to Jacob. And all of his children. And through the prophets throughout the years. And now we're in this time of abiding. But folks, the stump hasn't died. Because Jesus lives. And one day, when he comes again... He's not 
He did, he's not going to come to redeem the world from their sins. He did that on the cross the first time he came. He's going to come back to rule with a rod of iron. And now the branch will stem forth in God's promise that the Savior would reign through David will be fulfilled. Look here again, Revelation twenty-two sixteen. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the church. I am, now you're the church, right? In the churches. I am the root and offspring of David. Jesus is telling you this this morning. And the bright and morning star. Jesus is the root that produced David. The twig that grew or descended from David. And the branch that will serve as the eternal king fulfilling God's promise to David. So when God says Israel will seek David their king, he's talking about Israel seeking their promised Savior in the Lord Jesus Christ, whom they have rejected for so long. They will seek Him and be saved from their sins. Look back in your text. And shall fear the Lord. We're back in Hosea 3 now. And shall fear the Lord. Meaning they shall have great reverence for His name. And His goodness. See that? And His goodness. They will revere Him, and they will revere His goodness, giving Him thanks for all He's done for them and for His faithfulness and mercy to them by fulfilling His promise to them through Jesus. And God said they will do this when, look back in your text, say it with me, in the latter days. In the latter days. Now this is uh, Hosea telling us when this is going to happen in the latter days. Not now. Not going to be for many days. Hosea knew the temple would be destroyed. Hosea knew they had rejected God. Hosea knew that uh, God would fulfill his promise of ruling the world through the promised Savior who would be a descendant of King David. It's complicated, but it's consistent throughout Scripture, throughout history. And it's going to come to pass in the latter days. Basically, we'll sum this morning's prophecy up like this. When this world has run its course, Israel will run to Jesus. You can count on it. Just as they went into Egypt, just as they came out of Egypt, and just as they're in the promised land now, waiting, abiding for many days, one day, their groom will come. Their redeemer will come. Their king will come. Father, we thank you so much for your precious word. God, we read it and we marvel. We marvel, Lord. Jesus said he's not only the root and the offspring of David, but he said he is the bright and morning star. He is the one, dear Lord God, that not only rules the world as He will one day, but He reveals to the world the truth of what we've read today. So that we don't have to sit here and just be born and die in bondage to sin and death. We don't have to live in this world in darkness not knowing why we're here, what we're doing, what we're all about, where we're going, what our purpose is. What's the meaning of life? But Lord, 
You're also the bride and the morning star. As the sun came up this morning and gave light to a dark world, so you have given us the Bible to give us light so we can see, to know how to be saved today and tomorrow, to know how to not only overcome sin, but overcome the grave through the Savior you promised, you sent, and who one day will come again. In his precious name we thank you and we pray. Amen.